So this morning we start a new series off called The Devil's Been Talking. And I know I'm sure like, whoa, this is, this is a, bold, a bold sermon. <laughs> Wait, like most pastors like don't even mention the sound, the, 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 the actual name. Demons. Satan. The devil. Like they try to avoid it. Like they'll talk about heaven a lot of times, but they'll kind of give reference to that maybe there is a hell. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's truth, that there is a heaven and there is a hell and that there is a God and there is a devil. And I know it's pretty bold to come out to start and a lot of times in, as I was studying for ministry, they say, you know, don't lead that way. Don't open up your sermon that way. Well, I hope you uh, realize that I'm, I'm not your typical person. You know, I'm not your typical pastor. I tend to say it how it is. I don't like to sugarcoat things. I'd rather just be open and honest and, tra- and transparent with one another because sugarcoating things doesn't help anything. And so there is a reality that there is a devil. And the devil has been talking. We live in a world where the devil has been talking. The average person has more than 60,000 thoughts per day. Think about that. The average person, you as an individual here this morning, by the end of the course of this day, it says on average that you will have 60,000 thoughts. What goes through your mind? Over 60,000 thoughts. Boy, I'm exhausted just thinking about that. <laughs> There's one, one thought. <laughs> but get this, 80% of those thoughts, stats say that 80% of those thoughts are negative. 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. And we question why we are who we are. We question why... The world is the way it is when we tend to be ruled by our thoughts. But we have to realize that the devil has been talking. Those negative thoughts, maybe not all of them, but those negative thoughts can be run by the devil. It can be him feeding you information, misleading you. And I think it's the lies of the enemy he constantly reminds you of, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're worthy of condemnation. You're, you're awful. Like, who are you? Like, God won't love you. All those types of lies he fills us with. This negativity. And the reality is, is that if we continue to follow those negative thoughts, we become negative. Our marriages become negative. Our friendships become negative. Our world becomes negative. If we as a church, which is made up of individuals, the church is not a building, right? The church is made up of individuals who are called by God, the called out ones, the ecclesia. And so if we are to entertain those thoughts as a church, you know what that becomes? A negative church. We don't want to be a negative church. We want to be a positive church. That is in tune with the Spirit. Wherever God is talking, we want to be right there at it. But there's a lie that I think is above all lies. 
And that's this. The devil has tricked many people. And the lie is that he has convinced many people that he doesn't exist. (laughs) That he doesn't exist. There are so many people, so many people that I am friends with, that I grew up with, people that I hear on the news and, and read about, that they don't believe that there is a devil, that they don't believe in Satan. That right there is one of the uh, tools of Satan that he's went to convince people. And he begins to manipulate them and to then reign on them and control them. And I don't want to be that, and I hope you don't either. The enemy, the devil, it says in Scripture that he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy And so if he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy, and he truly is real, then he is after you. He is after those negative thoughts. He wants to take captive of those thoughts. He wants to feed you with more lies. He wants to bring destruction to your thoughts. He wants to take control of your your mind. And if we identify with those negative thoughts, if we identify and we allow Satan to, to rule those thoughts, we will become those thoughts. But we have to realize that it is Satan that's saying those things to us. It's not of God. A couple months back, we talked about the law of cognition. The law of cognition is this idea that you are what you think. Science says that the thoughts that you allow to go through your mind, you become those thoughts. And I've seen that come true in my life and other people's life. The things we entertain, the thoughts that we uh, hold captive and entertain, we eventually become those thoughts. And if 80% of our mind, 80% of our thoughts are negative, what does that mean of you? It's easy for you to become negative. If Satan's talking and you're not aware that he's talking, if he's using the voices of the world to manipulate, to tell lies, guess what? you start entertaining those thoughts, you will then follow down that. And you will become that. But say, what if we start following the voice of God above all others? He will transform us into who we are. You know, renew our mind, as Scripture says. Scripture says in Acts 3, verse 19, it says, Repent then. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You know, we are, to, we are called to repent. A re- repentance, and we've talked about this before in this church, repentance is a shift of one's mind. You know, you were going one way with your thoughts, now you're going another. You were following your own selfish desires, now you're following the way of Jesus. And so we have to capture those thoughts. We have to turn to God. And He is the ones who can wipe our sins out. And then He brings times of refreshing that comes from only the Lord. We have a, uh, a situation in our world where people are constantly living in chaos. They're ruled by their minds, their thoughts, and they're just going after all kinds of things. 
And it can easily rule us if we don't turn from them. It can easily transform us into somebody that we don't want to be. Somebody that we weren't actually destined to be. May we repent and allow the Lord to refresh us and make us anew. A couple years back, um, I remember this commercial, and I tried to get a hold of this commercial. And, you know, YouTube, they say, you know, is one of the most uh, popular search engines of our day, and which is not really a search engine. Um, it's a video watching service, right? But uh, somehow it's a search engine now. So I went and I searched. I was like, okay, I'm looking for this video. I couldn't find it. But I'm pretty sure it was a Golden Corral commercial. And in this commercial, they're going about their day, and all of a sudden, bam, they're hit over the head with a skillet. And it made them think, I need to go to the Golden Corral because they have the best buffet, which, eh, it's all right. They added some good steak. It's, it's pretty decent. I'm not much of a buffet person myself, but it's all right. But, you know, think about that. Being hit over the head with a skillet, I'm sure it will make you think something. It might make you think what you're doing at that time. What if God was able to do that? To come down whenever you're having those negative thoughts, when you're battling with, within yourself, He comes down and like, boom! And rattles your brain a little bit. Boy, it would be so great. But the reality is, is that it doesn't work that way doesn't work that way but we want to realize that the devil's been talking and we want to be hearing God's voice over all others and in a world where it's so loud it's so hard to hear at times there's many voices all over the internet there's many voices all over our news feeds our news channels at home our radio we have all kinds of voices coming at us, thoughts coming through our mind. It's easy to get lost in those. It's easy to lose track of what is God, what is not. But today I hope that we can start to be in tuned to God and listen to Him and do what He says, to listen to His voice whether it be a loud voice or whether it be a quiet voice, may we be in tune to hear His voice, to, to recognize it over all others. You know, I've, uh, you know I grew up and uh, you know, I've heard illustrations of, you know, you got this, you got, you know, this little angel, or we'll, we'll, we'll say it's Jesus on this shoulder, okay? And you got the devil on this shoulder. You know, they're constantly feeding you things, you know. Devil's over here saying one thing, saying, you're not good enough. This lies that he feeds you. And Jesus is over here on this one shoulder, and he's saying the other, and he's like, they're in conflict with each other. But the reality is, is that it's not like that. If it was that easy, if it was truly that easy, we'd all be like, We'd thump him off our shoulder, right? Satan, get away from me. But it's not that easy. We have to go to war with Satan. We have to capture our thoughts. We talked about a couple of weeks ago is that we don't go to war against flesh and blood. 
But we're in war against the powers of darkness. Satan's not just on a shoulder. He's much more than that. He has a whole lot more power than that. We have to realize that. But we also serve a God who is way bigger than that. That has way more power than that. And we have to go to the Lord for power and strength and authority. And we have to rebuke Satan when he needs to be rebuking. When he says things, we filter it. Filter it out. Say, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to think that way. No, I'm not that. I do not identify as that. I am who He says I am. I am who God says I am. And so today, may we seek the Lord. May we understand who's talking. When Satan's talking, may we know the difference. When God's talking, may we know the difference. But you're saying, hey, hey, pastor, how do I do that? I hear what you're saying, I understand what you're, you, you know, you're coming at, but how do I truly do that? You know, if you go and you study uh, things of counterfeit money, and I worked at Chick-fil-A for seven years, we had all kinds of counterfeit come through our, our uh, plate, especially through our drive through It's easy whenever you're fast-paced and you're a fast-food restaurant and you're serving people and you're just wanting to get them through there, and they hand you a 20, and, you know, we're, Chick-fil-A doesn't always do what other places do. And uh, so it's easy to get tricked, right? But uh, I got to talking to the bank, uh, the, one of the bank managers, because uh, I used to take the money uh, to the bank and to make the deposits. And um, I, we would catch later on as we were doing tills and things like that and counting down the till, I would realize this doesn't feel right. This is probably fake. And I'm sure those who are in management probably know what I'm talking about. And you realize... This is a hundred bill, but it definitely doesn't feel like this hundred dollar bill. Got to talking to the, the bank uh, manager there, and they started sharing stories of, of how they can identify that. And then they started talking about how the U.S. Treasury, how they identify that, and the Feds, how they can identify when it's when it's fake and when it's not. I said, how how do you how do you train that? Like how can I train myself that? They said, Dustin. You know what you need to do? Don't study the counterfeit. Study the real thing. Study the real thing. And they would study this, the bills, what they felt like. They would identify all the different things that makes them real and, and how they stood out. They could you know, look at it from a distance even and be able to tell, hey, that's real. Just by the way it looks and sure enough every time i say i think this one's counterfeit i'm not sure but i think it is they're like yep it is like, ah, come on <laughs> every time couldn't get it by them they understood what the real thing is and for us it's easy it's easy as christians to start studying the ways of satan and i think it's, it's important to know his ways you know but make it come from the truth what does the truth say that he is what does the truth say that how he operates and so we have to study the voice of god what is the voice of god saying how has he said throughout this whole story how is he um you know you know how is he truth and and how does he carry himself and what does that voice sound like 
What does that voice, what does it say through the Scripture? And, what the, and, and once we realize of who He is and what His voice sounds like, then any other voice that comes against that, we will know that's not of God. For one, if it does, isn't coming from the Scriptures, then it's not of God. If it's not truth, then it's not of God. If it's man-made religion, it's not of God. May we be in tune to hear the voice of God. May we not go after the counterfeit, but may we go after the real thing. The Word says this in Mark 5, verse 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Skipping on over to John 10, 27, it says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Lastly, James 1, 19-21 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive the meekness that is the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Today what I want to talk to you about is this idea of meekness. Meekness versus weakness. See, Satan thinks when you hear the word meek, Satan tries to trick you and say, no, that's weakness. Meekness. This idea of being humble. No, that's not, that's not who you're to be. You're, Satan's saying that, no, you need to be power. No, you, you're, that's, that's weakness. In a lot of ways, it's not weak enough. May we become weaker so that He is made stronger in us and through us. May we become less so that He becomes more. You know, when, we, when Satan says those things, what do you say back? Do you speak his, his native language, which is lies and deception? Or do you speak with truth? Meekness versus weakness. Satan is always feeding us lies about ourselves, that we are weak, that we're not good enough, that we're failures, that we should be more and we should be this and that we should be better than this and, and that we compare ourselves with other people because we start to believe the lies of the enemy and that we're not good enough. And he shows us that we're weak over and over again. And the reality is, is that, yes, we are weak if we believe those lies. We are weak without Jesus Christ. We are weak without His authority and His power living in us and through us. Moses was known for being the meekest of all people on earth. Yet we also know that he was a very powerful man. He led people well. He did things. Sure, he had flaws. He had things that he, he uh, struggled with. But he turned to the Father because he got his identity from the Father. May we get our identity from the Father. And may we be meek like Moses was. Meekness is not a sign of weakness. Meekness is much deeper than that. It's much deeper than our emotions. It's even much deeper than our strength. 
The word meek in the Greek is used to describe a broken, uh, a broken colt, a broken horse, so to speak, a, a gentle breeze and a soothing medicine. If we want to go down this illustration with a horse, if you know, anybody like riding horses, I grew up, I love riding horses. Um, I've been on several uh, horses where I feared for my life <laughs> because they weren't very meek. But I've been on horses that were very meek. And my friends who own them and train them and uh, taught them to do the things that they need to do to become meek, they could literally say one word, one command, and that horse would listen. Horses are powerful. Very strong animals. But they can be commanded with just a whisper. They are power under control. That is what meekness really is. It's power under control. Meekness is learning the master's mind. You know, I've been on horses where they, like, I wouldn't even use the reins. And they would know where I was supposed to go. I've seen a meek horse where they could, it would just be going. Actually, we, we, uh, you know, we're Westlands, and so John Wesley is um, the one that founded um, you know, our movement. And Wesley has been known to uh, write on his journals. You know, he would write his journal. He would read his word on horseback. The only way that that could ever happen is if that man was on a meek horse. And he knew where his master was headed. And he knew the roads. He knew the landscape. And he knew just the pressure of one's thigh or one's knee in the side would actually turn that horse. It didn't need reins. That's what a meek horse is. is. And if you've never been on a meek horse, I would I'd love for you to be on one. Because it's amazing what that it can do. It's this partnership between the master, the rider, and the horse. It's this loyalty. Meekness brings about loyalty. But what I love is that the master could say one thing and it would know that it's the master speaking. It could hear that, that voice and it would bring calmness to the horse. But if somebody got on that horse or somebody was around that horse and was trying to do something and it was speaking in this, this uh, language, you know, speaking in this tone that isn't of the master, it can tell and it would turn from it. It would probably buck you off because a meek horse understands its master's voice. Just last week, me and the, the family got a, a puppy. This little... Uh, Eight week, well now nine week old, and um, I'm teaching it to recognize my voice. It's the first command that I, I, I teach it. I've, I've saw several um, pet instructors, pet, pet trainers, and been around horses and things like that to to learn that if it doesn't respond to my voice, I can't teach it to sit. I can't teach it to do anything. So what do I teach it? I teach it, Nala, come. And it begins to come, and I treat it whenever it, it responds, and, and Nala responds. May we be in tuned with the Father in that way. When the voice of the Father is calling, may we come. If you don't know the Father's voice, 
then you don't know your own identity. Because the Father is calling. The Father is leading the way. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is our shepherd. As sheep, we should be in tuned with the shepherd's voice. The sheep, we are like sheep. We have a shepherd. It's our Father. When He is calling, may we listen. May we do what He wants us to do. May we recognize His voice over all others. When the world's talking, may we realize that's not the voice of my Master. That's not the voice of the shepherd. That's not the voice of the the Father calling. That's something else. That's the voice of the world. That's the voice of the, the devil. And when we realize that, when we truly understand the voice of the Father, when we truly understand our identity that's wrapped up in our Father, we look at Satan and realize what he's been saying to us. And we turn from our sin. We leave our enslavement. We leave that world behind. We turn to him. We turn to Jesus He restores us into right relationship with God the Father. We bear His name. We are now in His identity. We are wrapped up in the Father. We are no longer slaves to sin, but now we are made right in relationship with God, and now He calls us His children. And as His children, as my child, Paulina, Liliana, Emmeline, Coulter, Brentley, as they learn my name, as they hear my voice calling to them, I hope they come. When they hear my voice, whether it be an authoritative voice or this gentle voice, may they come. That's the same way the Father is. The Father God wants you to learn His voice. And may you respond to Him. May you do the things that He is directing you to do. So who's talking in your life? Is it the devil or is it God? Because there's many voices in this world. But we want to look to God and hear His voice above all others. See, God's saying truth. But Satan, the devil, is bringing us lies. God is saying love And Satan is saying lies, and he is saying hate over you. God is bringing about positive change. Satan is bringing about negative change. God is bringing about conviction. The devil is reminding you of condemnation. God is bringing about hope. The devil is bringing about doubt. God is saving you. The devil wants to defeat you. God brings about life. But the devil brings about death. So what voice do you want to listen to? I hope that this morning that you become meek. And that you start listening to the voice of your father. That you start listening to God. And that you start to do what he says. And that once you start listening to God and you are so in tune with the father. When Satan starts throwing lies to you. You realize and you identify them and you rebuke him in Jesus name. And you say have no more. You do not rule me. I am ruled by my Father. And my Father is my Master. And I do what He says. And He is a good and He is a loving God. And He cares so deeply for me. 
and you realize and you say who Satan is, that he is the father of lies, and he is trying to bring you down. When you become aware of that, then that means that you realize who you are in Christ Jesus. That your meekness is this power under control. Jesus Christ come on this earth and He was one with the Father. He lived His identity and found it in the Father. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He received authority and power from the Father. He showed us how to live. He trained His disciples how to live in this meekness. He showed what meekness really was all about. He lived it so much that He was willing to die. And He became the sacrifice for us. He became love for us. He conquered the grave. He said no more death. That when we die, we don't experience death. Glory to God. We go into life. We experience life everlasting because of the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. But He rose from the dead. He conquered the grave. And now we celebrate resurrection power. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20 says this, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God wants to send you out with power and authority to go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. But that is not possible if you don't know the Father. And you will not know the Father unless through Jesus Christ. Because He is all truth. He is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. When I was young, I was a basketball player. Still am. I'm not very good as I once was. I've gained some few pounds. But I love playing basketball. And I remember as a, as a child, uh, I loved to play. And as I got into high school, you know, I was always a starter because I was really tall. And, um, you know, the coach wanted me in there to, defeat, to defend people and to, to score and to get rebounds. And what I discovered as I got into uh, older and I discovered as a junior and senior in high school is that I actually do better when I don't start when I don't start the game and me and my coach worked this out and I was like you know coach I actually do better whenever I don't start the game and he's like do what you don't want to start the game yeah and he actually put me down as what what is called if you know sports it's called the six man the six man is there they don't start the six man is the first one in after you know maybe two minutes into the game but what i loved about that is that i get to read my opponent i get to see that the person that i will be guarding is left-handed and he has a hook shot and he uses it and that's his dominant hand 
I knew that I needed to guard him to his right, to force him to his right. Or if he was right-handed, he had a weak left hand. I guarded and forced him to go to his left. I was a very good defensive player. But I think I was even better as a defensive player because I was able to study the opponent. The amazing thing is, is that every one of you here today is a six-man and can be a six-man. God is, is playing the game. God has won the game. We know the opponent. We know how he functions. But more importantly, we can know the Father and how the Father functions. And we can be on his team. And whenever Satan comes and tries to battle with us, we know who the Father is. And we know our identity in the Father. And we know that our strength comes from the Father. And whatever play that the devil tries to throw our way, we know how to guard it. Because we know how to defend it with the truth. The truth is found in the Scripture. It is holy. It is complete. It is absolute. It is full. It is living. And it can be your guide. It can be your power. If you truly follow it. So do you know the Father this morning? Do you know what He has for you? Do you know that He cares? Do you know that He's calling you into right relationship with Him? Do you know that He had a Son that He sent down that we know as Jesus Christ who died for your sins so that you could be made right? May you turn to Him this morning. May you repent of your wicked ways and believe in Him and start following Him. For Satan, he's talking. The devil's talking. We can continue to believe the world. We can continue to believe the lies. Or we can follow the way, the truth, and the life. May you follow the Father this morning, for He is calling. We're going to close with this song. It's called You Say. May you come, come forward if the Lord is, is working with you. May you bow at this altar. May you confess with your lips. May you believe in your heart that He is Christ. And He'll forgive you of, his sin, of your sins. And He'll make you right. May you come.